1: Onward We Go, Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Greg Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. So Josh Harris spoke today. Uh, I was there for the press conference uh, as we're recording this, so about an hour ago. Uh, He described what he hopes will be a thorough but rapid process to hire the lead football executive and ultimately head coach. Um, I thought it was interesting. He said that you know he doesn't have, like he has a structure in mind. He would like to hire some kind of chief football executive, whether that's a GM or they have another title and let that person help hire the head coach but it definitely sounded like if they either fall in love with the head coach and that person has options and they have to make a call without the GM being hired. They will. I'm just going to refer to this football person as a GM from now on to, to make it clear. Uh, then they will. It also sounded like if it's going to take giving that person some kind of personnel control, Mm -hmm. um, that they would potentially do it. Basically he's like, we will be flexible with the talent. I want the best talent here. Now. I don't know that that's, they're going to do that. And I do think that they'll probably be very diligent about that. They don't want to give someone too much power a la what's kind of been the downfall of Belichick and New England and in, frankly was a problem with Ron here uh, too much on his plate and and Josh did describe how he feels like head coach is an 80 hour a week job and, and lead football executive GM is an 80 hour a week job and there's, there's definitely two jobs there. Um, so <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that's good insight though, yeah. honestly, but I, I, it's
0: funny you mentioned that I was just looking at this list you sent me and there's one guy on the list that you're like, he would want personnel control and that's Harbaugh, right? Yeah. Like, and so if it's, if that's what they got to do to get him here, I'm sure they would be like,
1: Oh yeah, we'll make some, yeah, which would be interesting um, because Jim, I, of the guys that are there um, I think they're all good. Ha- so as we're recording this, it's, it's 2:20 on Monday. And the list so far of of people that they have said they're going to reach out to and request interviews for are Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn of the Lions, Anthony Weaver of the Ravens, Raheem Morris, of course used to coach here Mm -hmm. in D.C., but currently the the defensive coordinator for the Rams. And then apparently they have reached out to Jim Harbaugh's agent Don Yee, uh, who represented Tom Brady amongst others for a long time. Um, But Harbaugh has been very clear that he's not listening to anything from the NFL until tonight when the national championship game with a Michigan Wolverines ends. So um he's a guy that is had uh is obviously a phenomenal coach. I was and has, say, does he, he get was, you excited? I know he's great. You- he's he's one that's so interesting to me because I have no doubt if Jim Harbaugh was here, they'd win. Yeah. I also have no doubt he'd be gone in five years because, because he irritates he the hell out yeah. of people.
0: That's what he does. I mean, but like that's you create a winning culture, and um he like it's his resume is fantastic it's unbelievable like when you look at it and you know obviously uh my father-in-law is a big stanford guy big san francisco 49ers guy so watching what he was able to do to both those organizations what he did at the d2 level at san diego not san diego State, uh, it's uh, yeah university san diego state? Uni- university of san diego
1: oh yeah yeah, that's yeah. What it was. and then
0: to go to michigan which everyone thought would never outshine ohio state and out recruit and out coach and out tough those teams i mean definitely they would win football games 100 percent. Uh, but he does he does have a a reputation for being for, uh, he's got a shelf life, yes, that's exactly. Uh, right.
1: But then again, I don't know how much you worry about that because most coaches don't really last that long in the league unless you're like Belichick or Mike Tomlin, who's just you know finished year 17. Um, most coaches, like if you can get into a second contract, you've done an um, unbelievable job. Uh, and so I don't know how much I'd worry about that because I'd be just as worried that my you know, yeah. I'm not even going to put a name on that list, but yeah. that coach X is right. also not going to have a shelf life longer than five years. Cause they're not going to win enough. Right. Um, so it is there, there is that. Um, but I think, I think what was good about what Josh had to say today is he clearly understands the cohesive thing, Right. that thing that we talked about in the first segment that Ron never really got here of mm. like, I want my front office, and my coaching staff to be on the same page and have a vision for like what this team looks like. And it's funny. I mean, funny. I don't know if that's the right word. It's ironic that Ron didn't have that because Ron was both the coach and the front office. Yeah. Um, but it it didn't happen. So, I mean,
0: But I think that also speaks to how weird that first year was for Ron, where he's like, in part, yeah. he's sick and he, he's kind of making all these decisions. And then eventually it kind of settled in when when uh, the Mar- the Martys got there, right? But yeah. it took a minute, right? And I think like he
1: did understand it. But again, it kind of goes back to that. But it also shows the skill set right 100 oh, like, can you 100%. you think you know what you want as a coach but can you find it as a talent evaluator right and like that- do you have the time the, i
0: love that analogy like yeah. they're both 80 hour a week jobs like you need to find two people that are very smart and i think sorry to cut you off but like you look at san fran for example i think yeah. they do a great job of of there is a personnel department there is a head coach but they work very closely together on establishing their cultural identity
1: 100 percent, and it's fine for your coach to establish a lot of that identity um as long as he really is someone who's going to be there for a long time Um, but then ultimately do you have the people to execute it, yeah. it you know and you know cuz everyone always wants to make it into like what happens in the draft room who has the final say mm-hmm. and it's like there's going to be some you know warring of the words right. with two sides standing on tables throwing helmets at each other and it's like that's no you've you've done that work beforehand because you right. work together um though speaking of the uh front office side as of again when we're recording this uh they've already put in requests for Adam Peters of the 49ers Chiefs assistant general manager Mike Borgonzi Eagles assistant GM Alec Halle Uh, who's a big analytics guy Uh, obviously i would assume that uh, harris is somewhat familiar with how the eagles are run from his time running the sixers before uh jeffrey Lurie might have known that that was a a future spy uh and then you got ian cunningham from the bears and glenn cook from the browns both of whom are very very highly thought of assistant general managers um but I, i just think that the the general like I got this. I know what I'm doing. Nature of Josh Harris is really impressive. Yeah, and you know we've seen a lot of different owners across sports. And how many different owners do we see, especially NFL owners, that like they speak and you're like. <laughs> that guy's lucky he's rich. (laughs) And like Josh Harris, you hear him speak and you're like, I know how that dude got rich. right. He's really smart.
0: Yeah. I think that is, that is really interesting. It's nice to see that here. It's nice to, and again, it's, it's always, you know, juxtaposing it to the person that was here before. Like just someone who's can be very outward facing and articulate themselves and is comfortable in front of the camera and, has some kind of engagement while also remaining kind of professional. And, and we've seen it not go well in other organizations. Like I look at Carolina right now, and that's a tough deal. So, um, but I, you know, I think it's, I think it seems like he's got the process sound out. And also, I was just looking at these candidates again while you were talking, and it seems like they've identified guys that have strong kind of. Cultures of toughness. Like you look at the Detroit Lions, look at the Baltimore Ravens, look at Jim Harbaugh, like that's his thing, right? And even Raheem Morris to a certain extent, like when you watch what they're doing in LA, like that's an established culture of winning, right? You know, since Sean McVay's been there. So I do think it's, uh, it's a very kind of unique and very specific in a general way, very specific type of guy that they're looking for. Right.
1: And I think everyone always gets focused on, I will say everyone gets focused on the wrong things. Sometimes people get focused on the wrong things. Offensive, defensive, this, that. Oh, we want a guy that's coached both sides of the ball. I love it. I mean, I love a tight ends coach. Yeah, I love a tight ends coach. coach, Because they understand the, the run game and the pass game. And like all those things are pertinent information. But like the overarching theme the overarching thread that ties them together is that toughness element mm -hmm. and do you have that from a culture standpoint speaking of culture i do want to get back to the name specifically in a second but i think to start a little broader uh, they hired Bob Myers, yeah. um, which it's so to be clear, based off what Harris said today, uh, both Myers, uh, the former Golden State Warriors chief executive who helped build this dynasty. Obviously, uh, Steph Curry is the most important piece of that. If you can get a Steph Curry as a basketball player, mm-hmm. you're going to win a lot of basketball all games, pe- all the pieces that he was and, and you're going to find there. Right. Sure. But like, Curry and, like and some of the, the luck they had in terms of their Personnel, you know the like, contract that yeah. they were able to sign him to, which allowed them to do other things. All yeah. oh, that's great, like. I would tell you as someone who is a massive NBA fan, and who is a big fan of the Warriors because I just love the way they play and has been following this thing for a long time. Steph Curry is the most important person of the Warriors dynasty. Duh. Mm. I can make an argument Bob Myers is the second. Mm. Like from the other moves he made to how he built the organization to him being a person that from a culture standpoint was an enforcer of the culture, but also uh, kind of a therapist of the culture. Right. Like Draymond Green and Bob Myers, and Draymond Green obviously is a very uh, tough, interesting personality, <laughs> right? Someone who I, I'm a huge fan right. of, but like, Draymond's got his issues um, and he's been working through them specifically in the last two months. Myers was someone who really was able to work with Draymond right. on a lot of stuff um, and kind of kept the boiling or the water at the right temperature to be hot enough that they would win, but not boil over mm-hmm. like he was he was an active a part of that um, as was Steve Kerr obviously mm. the head coach so when you talk about hiring someone to help build a culture and even if he's not going to be involved much past this search he is I think a tremendously interesting person and I, I would say a smart person and what Harris said today is he is probably going to continue to advise Harris past this search yeah. it won't be anything formal he's not going to be the team president nothing like that uh, it sounds like anyway but he will be an advisor then the other guy they hire is Chris Spielman yeah. long-time executive in the league um, 10 years with the Vikings is one executive of the year and that joins uh, Mitchell Rails uh, obviously Josh Harris and Magic Johnson as the predominant people who will be conducting the search yeah I think I think that that's exciting for me you know and
0: I think like you know when you're talking about oh this is a football organization what does he know about it but I think you mentioned like the cultural element right understanding the pieces the leadership um, and kind of the that je that we talk about in relation to quarterback all the time, but like, how are you as a leader of men? You know, like, and I remember, um, you know, in, in Sean McVay's, um, you know, interview process with the Rams, like they interviewed Marshall Faulk, not not because Marshall Faulk has this great football insight, because they felt like Marshall is a good leader and he could identify someone that could get the guys to rally behind him. And it sounds like this guy from the Golden State Warriors is that guy. And yeah. then you couple that with, with the GM background or the executive background of the guy from Minnesota, I forget his name at the uh, Chris Spielman. Chris Spielman, like, I think that's a a very very potent mix of things a guy that is super dialed in on the football side a guy that has made a winner at the highest level right in the basketball world and I think both those things coming together work in a really really nice fashion and, and then add in you know the the ownership group as it exists and Magic Johnson and all that stuff I, I, it makes me excited that a good decision can be made here uh, with a lot of clarity
1: yeah I mean to me if you can sit down in a room And you can impress Bob Myers, who has won four NBA championships. And by the way, before that, championship player at UCLA um, as as a player. Uh, And then he was an agent for a long time. Mm -hmm. So he has has worked uh, on all sides of the sports business. He knows a lot of people as well. Um, So you talk about doing some of that research that kind of happens in the background. Bob Myers is very qualified to do it. You can sit down and impress him. Magic Johnson, one of the greatest winners in the history of pro sports. Uh, Josh Harris, who absolutely built a a behemoth in the finance industry. Mitch Rails, who's built multi multi multi-million dollar companies uh and who am i forgetting oh and chris spielman uh, who was a longtime nfl player and a great executive for a long time if you can impress those people you're probably qualified for the job and then my one my one concern right it's i don't concern's too strong the one the one thing that i'm interested in in making sure that they overcome is it's not a lot of football experience and so when you talk about someone who has that football vision Obviously, there's a lot on Spielman's plate there, yeah. but I think that thing is more important for the head coach than it is the GM. I was going to say, I, hopefully,
0: they. what I would hope is that they hire a VP of football ops, a, a GM, GM, whoever, whoever it whatever is. that person is, First and again, not that, they're and that's their be, plan, just to be clear. Not that they're going to be that guy's going to be making the coaching hire, but at least you have a sounding board uh, from a more football-centric perspective that kind of gives you, hey, like I can work with this guy. He's got a good reputation. He or she has a good reputation, and I think that's ultimately like kind of what you said. They're they're planning on doing, and I think that feels like the right decision because a GM, while important for football ops, you know, very critical in terms of vision, is a different type of vision than what you're going to see from your football coach. And I think that group, it seems to be at the moment very, very qualified to identify that kind of talent, and then using that as a resource, identify the head coach.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law, right? Because your GM needs to be able to hire scouts that kind of get at that granular level. And of course, if you have a GM with a scouting background, that person's mm-hmm. scouting ability becomes very important. Right. But that's, you know, if you, if you, because it was really like, it's about finding someone who again, has
0: this vision you're describing, right? right. For the organization and then can distill copious amounts of information yes. right? that's really what it ultimately comes down to and it's the vision the copious amounts of information and then how are they to work with right? in terms of right. compromising and dealing with other people so it's not it's nothing I, I think overly complicated it's just about making sure you identify the right person for this position and the vision of, of the ownership group and what they think for the right. franchise and
1: so then you have two football people in the room to talk ball with right. the coach candidates yeah. um, and so what that'll happen look like from a timing standpoint is there are virtual interviews that can happen up until basically January 22nd they happen in, in smaller windows and it's different for people that currently have jobs with clubs that are in the playoffs versus don't and it's very convoluted I read the rules and was like I still don't fully understand this (laughs) (laughs) Um, which might have something to do with my reading comprehension at 10 o'clock last night at FedEx field or whatever the hell time it was. Um, I don't think it was that late. Anyway, point is uh, they'll do that. And so they'll cast a very wide net. Cause if you don't do that first round of virtual interviews, Mm. then you can't get someone for an in-person and ultimately hire them down the road. So they'll cast a very wide net, get a bunch of virtual interviews done. Hopefully within these next couple of weeks, hire that football person and then conduct the final round of in-person interviews, hire a head coach. And I, I think the, the, Phrase that Harris used was great because I always worry about the timing of these things too. Of like, if you want to hit the ground running your first season, you can't. I mean, if you're stuck waiting because your coach wins the Super Bowl, okay, right? But you would ideally like to hire your head coach before the Senior Bowl yeah I mean um, I mean
0: that's usually how it plays out right like there was a couple years where like D'Amico My- Ryan's is left out of the coaching cycle because they're pushing deep into the playoffs or Eric B that was an issue for him for a couple years yeah. in a row right so that is a thing that's definitely important in terms of this this calculus moving forward
1: yeah so I mean obviously I you definitely want to have that lead football person in by the senior bowl so they can go down be there oh. present running your scouting department yeah. get it as organized as you can within a week because they probably only have that long maybe two, um, to get hired so um, that's definitely something interesting to watch uh, from a timing perspective but hey if like Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn are your two final candidates and Mm -hmm. the Lions make the Super Bowl then you're gonna have to wait to hire a head coach and that's just the reality of it Um, Steichen and Gannon dealt with that last Mm -hmm. year um, and forever it's worth, like Steichen and the Colts had a pretty good year, so yeah, you can certainly and Honestly, so
0: did Gannon. I know that was the worst roster in football. and Yeah. Like he was able to kind of cultivate a, a winning
1: mentality there. Scrappy, let's say. Yeah. Which is good in the first year, you want to see that, so. For sure. Um, all right, so let's wrap up with this then. Uh, last few minutes here. The names themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much tape you've watched of these teams. Obviously, throughout the course of the season, you're naturally going to get some of them because right. they're commander's <laughs> opponents, or as you're scouting the commander's opponents, you see them. Um, ben Johnson is the bell of the ball. I saw that for, I think I shout out to Ben standing. I think he used that, that phrase and I don't want to rip it off from him and not credit him. Cause that's a terrible thing to do. Um, <laughs> so I, I, he is the guy that is going to be the top candidate overall. What do you make of him, his background, got some tight ends coaching, got some quarterbacks coaching, played quarterback. um, And obviously the last two years, the Lions have been one of the best offenses in football.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those offenses that you really enjoy watching. You know, like in the same way that you turn on Miami, you turn on San Francisco, Houston, and you're just like, wow, they are doing a lot of great stuff here from a protection standpoint, from a run game standpoint. I love the physical mentality that they bring each and every week, much like San Francisco, and then the deep play explosive ability that they generate in the offense and how they deleverage the quarterback spot. And I just think, like, that's good – that is – to, to me, you're going to be hard pressed to find a more innovative offensive football mind outside of those three teams. And it's great that he he's going to be a guy that's going to be open for a coaching position. Another thing I like about him is he's worked with Dan Campbell. And say what you want about Dan Campbell from a football X's and O standpoint. Talk about a culture builder. Like he yeah. got to see that from square one taking a loser and turning it into a winner. And so I like that there's that background exposure for him, in addition to all the X's and O stuff that you see.
1: Yeah, okay. I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but we had Adam Amin, Fox broadcaster on uh, a couple of weeks ago, yep. about a month ago. And I asked him, you know, because, hey, you get all all these production meetings, you meet with a ton of coordinators around the league. Is there anybody that stands out as a potential head coach? And Adam hasn't had some of the the teams with the names on the list, right. but he'd had the Lions a couple of times. He's like, dude, Ben Johnson is on a different world. Right. He's got that it factor, that dynamic personality that will translate well to being a head coach. Another guy that is definitely a dynamic personality. If you watch Hard Knocks, the Lions edition last year, there was a fair amount of Aaron Glenn. Mm, right. He's an interesting guy to me because he was on the hot seat earlier this yes. year. And they've kind of figured it out enough uh, yeah. down mm. in Detroit. And he's a guy that former player, really good player, right. by the way, in his days with the Jets. Um, but is he like for a guy that was this recently on the hot seat? Does that get you as excited, or does it almost get you more excited? Because he's such like he he did some of the problem solving that you yeah. look for. And again, like you're looking for guys that solve problems
0: defensively. I think he falls in that bucket. He's very aggressive, likes to bring a lot of zero pressure. Think, you know, kind of a Wink Martindale ish. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We're scheming up protections, we're attacking teams. I think the thing that comes off this list more than anything is they come from. Tough cultures, right? Yeah. And you're going to be hard-pressed to find a a defensive coach and offensive coach from a tougher culture than the Detroit Lions who are both kind of – up-and-coming optimistic in terms of what they bring from a football standpoint right so I think like that's one reason I don't think it's it's happenstance
1: that the guy from Baltimore is on there yeah I don't think it's happenstance. different guy than a lot of people were expecting yes, from Baltimore though. right I, um, I agree yeah but we'll see you know this is a this is a list as of uh, the coaching vacancy that's four hours old right so. but I think the the thing that's that jumps out to me
0: is it's not necessarily the X's and O's because if it's X's and O's you definitely have Frank Smith on this list you definitely have probably Bobby Sloak on this you have different names. This is a cultural mentality type of hire that they are looking for. To me, it seems like, right? And I think, obviously, you mentioned Ben Johnson. Everyone, like I just said, how great I think he is offensively, at least what he's doing. But the other guys on that list, they are Tough sons of guns, right? They come from tough cultures that have won a lot, and they have a good, good approach. Like even Raheem Morris. Like again, I know LA is a little bit different than Baltimore or Michigan or one of these other teams, but God bless, man. Like that is a winner, and they get they get the most out of their guys there. You know, so I think that's something else to consider.
1: Yeah, and I think the last thing, just to kind of circle all of this together, some comments from last night in the locker room and today. About, you know, the guy that that is probably the toughest on the commander staff is B enemy Mm -hmm. and Charles Leno and Logan Thomas said basically the same exact thing, which is like we butted heads with the guy at times. There were some ups and downs, but he was totally uncompromising Mm. and he was the same guy every day and. I thought that was really interesting because that was a way for two guys who were vets Mm -hmm. to basically be like, yeah, I didn't love this. (laughs) Um, But I also, I'm going to say something nice enough that I don't come off as a total jack wagon. Um, I'm going to say something nice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a professional, but I I do think when we talk about the culture moving forward, that is something that needs to be examined on the roster as well, because it definitely like, john allen had his moments this year in terms of leadership i mean for whatever it's worth like I, if you don't post to talk to the media after your final game or, or for a locker clean out is it the end of the world no but dude if you're a team captain and you're mia after the final game of the regular season yeah. and and you don't post for locker cleanout, it's not a great look right and then you got two of your your big vets coming out saying like yeah i didn't really Y'all know that I, the offensive coordinator is my best friend which is not to say that like I'm assigning blame to either right. the vets or the OC but when a, it's a, it's when a when a young guy point. like Jahan is coming out talking about the leaders on the team right. and like we need better leadership from the players kind of like you talking about those guys over there? Those big, tall guys over <laughs> yeah, there? Right. You know, and that—that's the kind of thing that I just—I wonder, if you will. And I think that's
0: something that we'll learn more about as we get into the off season about, you know, how people really feel about that stuff. You know, here's like the first domino in terms of real information to fall. Yeah, people are going to start talking here before you
1: know it, and um,
0: and I definitely think that's going to be an interesting conversation.
1: Today. But it, just in terms of like oh, when you build the culture yeah. moving forward, like yeah. you got to make sure your vets, the guys you bring in, are guys that are supportive of your head coach, that are believing in the system, and. I mean, again, like you yeah. were that guy in San Francisco. Like yeah. Kyle brought you in part because you were a good blocker and he needed someone to block defensive but ends. But it's definitely
0: more to, to, the, to the latter part of that, where it's I'm here to kind of help install belief and help get the system across. And I, that was awesome that he did that. But that is a thing, right? And I look at, again, how San Fran is built and like what they value in certain positions and the kind of guys they get. They're not, you know, they're not the most valuable guys league wide, like Debo Samuel, good player, right? But he fits what they do really well. Yeah. He's very physical. He's tough, right? George Kittle, physical, tough, like not the most nuanced route runner, but obviously they've prioritized that kind of guy, right? Yeah. And it's not like they don't have fun at practice. They do, and I think Kyle has learned how to relate to those guys, but they have from the GM to the coach – have identified a type of person yep. that they want on that team that fits with their vision. It's the same thing with Seattle. Like, say what you want about Pete Carroll. He does a great job of finding people that fit his vision. Pete's for the thing team. is
1: compete. Correct. And he finds
0: competitive sons of God. Like,
1: Devin yeah. Witherspoon is a freaking yeah. Seahawk, man. Yeah.
0: You know, right. and I think and you just go down the list of what, of, of what he prioritized. And they're not always guys of the highest character or the best workers necessarily, but they say, we want dudes who are going to compete and they love football. And they get those guys in. And I think that's, again, why this GM – to coach is so important for establishing this identity because they can say how do we establish this vision and then again if it's it's if it's going to be a very jarring transition you know they got to make sure they got the right guy to helm the ship too or, or gal while, while we're uh, while we're here so
1: yeah for sure and uh also potentially throw some people into the to the ocean so yes. to speak they'll land they'll be fine like they're not actually going to like go into the middle of the ocean but if you have people that don't really fit that mantra and you figure that out quickly like sometimes in year one of a coaching uh regime you get that surprise training camp cut veteran and um, you know maybe that's something that this this clip looks prescient at the end of this podcast in August as we tape it in the middle actually the beginning really still of January although we're way closer to the middle of January than I <laughs> want to admit anyway our podcast is over uh, thank you so much for listening not just today but all season long obviously it has been a tough one uh, to, to talk about and you know for a podcast that, that thrives is or thrives on X's and O's uh, when the games become a little less relevant uh, it's not always the easiest show to do but uh, you guys kept on listening and we really appreciate it. Our draft stuff's going to be awesome. Logan's already started on that. I got my draft prep that I'm starting as well. Um, but I know where our bread is buttered. It's with Logan's and don't worry, he started. Uh, and, and other than that, uh, we'll be with you two times weekly. Our schedule adjusts a little bit here over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we're always on standby for breaking news as well. Uh, but make sure you subscribe. subscribed. That way you don't miss anything uh, on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. For Logan, I'm Craig and we'll see you next time on Take Command.